Welcome to season two of the More Than Movies podcast. I'm Ivana, and you're listening to season two. Yes, and this is season two, and I'm Jay. So, in our opening for season two, we talk about 2017 TV. And we'll do a quick season two update on where we're at, because we haven't done that yet. It's been a while. Season two! It's time for a top 10 turf war. All right. So I just want to tell you straight up, this episode is entirely commercial free. And that has nothing to do with the fact that we don't have advertisers, which is actually entirely what it has to do with. But hey, you get a commercial free episode from start to finish. That's good for you, right? I hope so. (laughs) Enough talk about advertising. We're here to list the top 10 television shows of 2017. So it's 2018, we're taking a step back, we're taking a look at the year in review, and just like last year, we're kicking off this season with a list of our top 10 shows. Now just a disclaimer, this list will probably be the entire show. It's it's a big list. 10 things to talk about and each of us diverging our own list is is huge. So what we're going to do is at our number 6, we'll take a little bit of a break and come back with the bottom 5. We'll fill you in on what we're doing and what what life has been like since the last episode which was eons ago. Another thing that we should probably note is that these are new television series which premiered for the first time in 2017. So we will not be considering anything that's on a season two, a season three, a season four that premiered in 2016 or earlier. However, I would like to say my number one show of 2017 would have been the good place if it had arrived in 2017 because that's when I started watching it was last year and it is now my favorite show on television. But because Can I it just started also in- say how much I love this show and how with every season it gets better and better? I don't know how you, you end a show and then it gets better and then you have another finale and you're like even more excited for the next season. That Did comes you after. see the last episode with Cheaty and Eleanor? This is what I'm talking about. This oh is my God. amazing. Okay, but we're not here to talk about The Good Place, which we're is a really good show. Good place. But like I said, I jumped into the show in 2017. So it's got to get an honorable mention because I didn't get a chance to talk about it in 2017 last year. Uh, it would be my number one, but... Like we said, this is only about shows that premiered for the first time ever in 2017. That is correct. Ivana, kick us off. What is your number 10 show of last year? My number 10 is Feud, Betty and Joan. Oh, a little FX number. I really loved this show. And I'm and I'm really excited to actually talk about it because... Um, the movie that it's based on, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, was one of the first horror films that I remember watching in my life. I watched it when I was really, really small with my mom because my mom loves movies and she loves mysteries and like thrillers. And like it scarred me in the best possible way. And like in some ways, I never knew it was actually considered a horror. Although there is nothing more terrifying than Betty Davis's face with the with the white makeup and the blonde wig. Oh, um, Susan Sarandon did such a great job in Feud, portraying oh, Betty Davis. She's amazing. I loved that movie when I was a kid, and this movie or the TV show reminded me how influential this old black and white film was to like my childhood. Overall, I just think it's really expertly made movie I normally don't really or TV show I normally don't like shows about making shows but this one was really good all right uh my number 10 of 2017 was Nirvana the band the show and I know that's crazy to say because it's almost like third season but it arrived in February of last year and it only had like eight episodes and I religiously waited For each and every episode. So it's like down at the bottom of my list of 2017. Um, I saw like three episodes. 
And I just, I don't know, it didn't hit with me. And I wish that I could love that show. And yet, something about it just doesn't, like, catch on. But I know that it's doing really well, so good on that. It it, it did do well, uh, I think, in the States, but here in Canada, not so great, which is crazy because it does take place in Toronto, but uh, that's okay. Yeah, it, it was kind of a flash in the pan thing for me anyway. I didn't expect it to make my top 10, but it just it just squeaked in. Well, and Matt Johnson is like one of the hottest sort of entities right now, I guess. He's he's uh, was known for the dirties, which is probably what he's most famous for. Um, but he's really having a moment. And I know that he's really great. And yet I'm just not into this show. I don't know. What is your number nine? My number nine is American Vandal. My number nine is American Vandal. Can you believe that? What? Yeah, we got it in the same place. <laughs> I swear to God, we don't coordinate our lists. We really don't. And I, if you've ever listened to the show before, you hear that when we like have vastly different lists. I loved Talking about dicks, hearing about dicks, <laughs> people being so serious about these dicks. <laughs> like, oh, it, was it was just so the best. Great. Honestly, like, I haven't had a good satirical anything in a while. And that is what American Vandal is to making a murderer. It is like the satirical look of this high school guy who wants to make his own. And it's so great. My mom loves it. Like what? that is amazing. She and and my mom is not the biggest fan of comedies, but she loves these true crimes things. And it all it it really reminded her of Serial, which kind of started it all. And she was just like, I just couldn't get over how serious everyone was about the dicks, and and she just thought it was brilliant. For me, <laughs> what's your favorite part? Like, I think one of my favorite moments was like. The, the description, like when they went really balls deep on the balls and how you would depict balls on the dick. Yeah, I loved how, how they talked about the, how you would draw hairs on the balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. Honestly, it's satire at its best. We do, like I said, we don't get this often. You have to watch this show. Um, it's on Netflix. And I, I, it's the first of, I'm sure will be a couple more Netflix shows that show up on this list from 2017. But The easiest way to describe the show is if you've seen Making a Murderer, if you've listened to Serial, the first season, um, or many other now similarly run true crime things, it's exactly like that. But instead of trying to get to the bottom of a murder, we are trying to get to the bottom of who drew a bunch of dicks all over the cars of a bunch of teachers. Yep. And that is our number nine. And that is clearly why it's on both of our lists. We love the dicks. We love the dicks. Uh, All right. So what's your number eight then? My number eight is 13 Reasons Why. Okay. Maybe we should put a pin in that because it comes up a little later on my list all right we can do that i this summer my number eight at this point this summer i went down like this rabbit hole of highway to heaven and then touched by an angel i don't know why i just kind of like revisited some of these old classic weird god episodes of stuff and i'm not a very religious person i'm not very spiritual But for whatever reason, I love Kevin Probably Saves the World. This is probably the worst reviewed show that is on my list. But (laughs) man, I love this show. I, I, I can't wait to watch every episode like as it happens, like week to week, I am I'm craving more Kevin. And basically the premise is Kevin's a dirtbag. He moves back in with his sister because he's lost his job and he tried to kill himself. He's out one night with his niece and he touches a meteor and all of a sudden he is like, he can see this woman who the universe has delivered to him. And she says, 
He's the only one that can see her? Yes. The only one who can see her. And she says, Kevin, you have to build up your spiritual karma because you are going to go and find the chosen people to bring balance back to the world. And he's like, what the shit are you talking about, lady? It's like, nope, nope. I am here to watch over you and make sure you're safe. So, like, he almost walks into a car and she, like, stops the car, like, all that stuff. And it's it's just a happy show about him trying to do good things for people to build up enough juju so that he can go and find these, like, anointed ones and give them a <laughs> hug so that he can make them anointed. I like it. It's Jason Ritter, who is the uh, the son of John Ritter, the late John Ritter. He does a lot of stupid comedy stuff. There's a lot of great supporting characters. The, 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 she's not an angel, but she pretty much is an angel who's with her. It's like this sassy black woman and she's great. Um, I don't know if she's pushing stereotypes or not, but she's great. And, uh, I, yeah, I just, I really dig the show. It shouldn't even be on anybody's top 10 list, but it's on mine. (laughs) So there you have it. I didn't even rank it. I did try to watch the first episode, but then like I just didn't get through that first episode. And I didn't realize that only he can see her. Yep. It kind of makes it funnier in a lot of ways. It did kind of remind me of the concept of like touched by an angel and stuff like that, which I've never watched. Um, And and, and the first episode didn't grab me. So I just kind of didn't watch it. Didn't even rank it. Totally fine. I, 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 like I said, I do not expect this to show up on many lists. What is your number seven, Ivana? I'm really excited about my number seven. Okay. I wonder if we're going to match. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guarantee that this is not on your top 10, or at least I think it's not. Um, for a while, it was like top four or five for me. Um, wow. Yeah, and I I love this. Sh- it's so fun. The show is What Would Diplo Do? Of course, another Viceland show shows its face on the list. Yeah, and uh, it's James Vanderbeek uh, created it, and uh, I don't remember if he directed it or not, but like it's his show. And let me tell you, James Vanderbeek is magic. <laughs> One thing that's cool that I think everyone should know about the show, um, they often talk about real musicians such as Calvin Harris. And And then they get actors to play those guys. Exactly. They do not at any point allow the actual musician to be there, but the Calvin Harris guy like looks so identical to Calvin Harris that... I thought he was Calvin Harris until I Googled it and said that was one of the things that they wanted to make sure is that they did not want um, musicians to play themselves. They would always have actors play musicians, and it's something that is carried all throughout the show. So it's sort of like a little alternate reality EDM universe. And it's awesome. Yeah, it didn't It didn't make my list. Uh, otherwise, I would have told you to stop. But uh, But I knew this was going to find its way on because of our conversations when we first started watching it and how much you loved it. Uh, so I knew we would have a little Vanderbeek up in here. Um, yeah. So I'm glad he's so underrated. Can I just say that James Vanderbeek is underrated? Why is he not getting all the Oscars? Not that he's doing movies right now, but like, you know what I mean? He's his performances to me are better than a lot of what people that get awards do. That is fair. I love me some Beak. As you know, I'm a Dawson's Creek nerd, and I've loved him ever since back in the day. Uh, but, you know, you know how I feel. Pacey forever. Uh, oh, me too. I hated <laughs> Dawson when he was Dawson's Creek. I thought he was the worst. But you, without James Vanderbeek's nuanced performance to make us love him but hate him at the same time, nobody else could have pulled that off. I don't know. I don't think I'm... Nobody else... <laughs> Could have pulled that off, Ivana. Okay. Okay, let's we're move moving on. on. Let's we're move on, on before let's, you know, somebody says something, they'll bring Brett. <laughs> okay, what's your next one? All right. Uh number seven, I'm surprised it doesn't come up higher on my list because I know the Emmy series I love this show, and it is the Handmaid's Tale. Oh, put a pin in it. 
Oh, well, let's put a pin in it. I knew it because let's, <laughs> let's, let's face it. It should be higher, but I just, it didn't resonate with me as much as so many other people. So we'll talk well, about it in a bit. I know why it's not higher on your list. You don't like watching homework. Well, yeah. I mean, a little bit. It's a little bit. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more. Um, but I know why it's not higher on your list. I'm super happy it is on your list. Thank you. Well, of course. Of course it's on my list. It's like, it's excellent drama. It's so interesting, but it's it, like, it's a hard show. To sit down and 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 get through week after week. Okay, okay, almost, okay. We're gonna watch a. We're gonna talk. We're gonna about talk it about later. it later. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How about you tell me what your number six is? I think this is gonna be on your list. Let's find out. My number six is me, myself, and I. Let's put a pin in that, baby. <laughs> All right. Uh, probably the same thing with this little ditty. Uh, my number six is Dear White People. You know what? In the end, let me double check. Yeah. In the end, it did not make my top 10. So please, Holy let's talk about it. What? Okay, let's talk about Dear White People. Um, I watched this show in two days. Like, I don't think I stopped watching this show. And that's That's how I was with 13 Reasons Why, which we'll talk about later. But I love this show. I thought it was really good. First of all, let's let's all take a moment to acknowledge the fact that I I also love the movie that this whole thing is based on. So to watch it in a show that actually in my opinion does better than the film, terrific. I love that they focus on characters. I think more shows should do that in seasons. Yeah, I did love that device. Like the fact that each different episodes had different characters as their focal point. I thought that was one of the coolest things about the show. Me too. I think you can move around a story a lot better by doing that. You know, hey, you're stuck one week. Well, tell us this, what happened while this guy was over here. Like, I I just thought it was really creative to tell us stories that way. And when things were big, they felt weighted. Uh, the, the, the scene at the party, uh, dancing at a party and the, the white guy next to him, they're having a little conversation and the N word comes up in a song and the white kid sings it. And Troy is like, can you like, can you not sing that please? Which can I just say what white person in their right mind would sing that? Like, just skip, right? skip a couple syllables. Like, I don't really get it. Like, who right? does that anymore? Like, No, you don't do that. Yeah, you just don't say it. You just let the word go by. Yeah. Yeah, that's the correct thing. But then that guy, like an idiot. Defends himself. And this is, and, and it's a scene that's, uh, I mean, I don't want to give it away if you haven't seen it. But it gets heated. It gets dramatic. And there's real weight in this moment that genuinely affects the character going forward. I love this show. I love the the radio show aspect of it. Maybe that's the radio guy in me. Um, I love that that is somehow sometimes a way that plot devices get thrown in. Like that first episode, she drops a huge bomb while on the radio saying like, nope, it was me. I did that. It's wonderful um it's it's to use a term that i'm too old to use woke and i i like it i really really enjoy the conversation that dear white people sparks it's a conversation that most of the time should not be happening because we should be so far past this but the the reality is we're not and and living in the u.s now let me tell you we're not I, it was a huge like awakening for me when I moved down here because so Canada and specifically Toronto, Canada is this strange and interesting place where um, multiculturalism and multiracialism is just like this fact that people just don't think about. And, um, and it's very different. I probably everywhere else in the world, um, but you and I, Jay, are really lucky that we grew up in a place where everywhere you look, there are people from different cultures, there are people who have different skin colors, and it doesn't matter and nobody really cares. 
and that's the culture of Toronto. So like sometimes you're watching things that are very, um, that have commentary about racial relations. And as a Toronto city person, you're like, God, like how are people still so stuck in the past? Um, and it's because people in Toronto are really lucky that they live in a place where they are somewhat more progressive than other parts of the world. But let me tell you, here in the States, it's like, I see, I see people being stuck in it. I see that things have not progressed. It's like shocking, like shocking. Where I live, it's really a no big deal. Like it's pretty there are, uh, I mean, it's a little different than Toronto where you have every creed and culture and even um, like people from that are still immigrants here. It's so different. The attitude is different. And but where I live in my neighborhood, it's like super mixed, but like super mixed in that I see like white people, black people, a few Asian people, a few people of South Asian kind of like descent and like. That's it. Like you're kind of like, and, and very, but really like it's, I don't know, it's less multicultural than it is in Toronto. I don't know how else to describe it. And, and people notice it more. Like it's weird. Uh, then that conversation needs to happen, which makes Dear White People a very important show that young people should see. All right. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back after our little break with our bottom five, but I need to know what's going on with Ivana because it's been so long. Yay, break time. It's been oh a while gosh, since we've done you? this. It's been a while since we've even like talked. Well, that's why we had to have the break because it's been that long. Like it's been so long that I don't know what is going on in Pittsburgh. What What's happening? What's What's new? Well, I'm only back in Pittsburgh for a short time now because I was busy making a movie. Well, that's exactly right. How'd it go? How's the producer? You're, you're a producer now. I am a producer. You know what? I, I loved producing. I want to produce movies that I write and act in my whole life. But I did learn a very important lesson. Always also have a producer who isn't an actor um, cause that was a lot. Wow. In the future, I want a producer, a partner who produces with me, who can be like on the, the lead person on set when I'm acting. Same thing probably happens when a director's also in the movie. He's got a, the assistant director sort of takes over and, and films his vision while he's on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think those things are really hard to do hand in hand because your brain is jumping these roles and like. To be on screen, you really need to be able to like focus on what you're doing at that moment. How about you? Oh, I'm good. I, I got a Nintendo Switch for Christmas. I have been playing video games ever since. Nice. Uh, you know, catching up on lots of movies, obviously. Award season came out, a lot of Oscar nominations, uh, which we'll have to do an Oscar episode before that actually oh, starts. Yeah. Oh, we absolutely are going to do an Oscar w with top 10 movies of 2017. Absolutely. We got to get that going. So uh, catching up on as many 2017 movies as I can so I can move properly into 2018. Even though I have seen some 2018 movies, not going to lie. <gasps> already saw, I already saw Paddington 2. It's number one on the list. Don't know if it'll stay there by the end of the what, year. Like, like Paddington the Bear? Yeah, yeah, Paddington the Bear. I took a day off work and went to see that movie alone in a theater. Wait, you didn't even see it with like a kid or anything? And it's your number one movie of 2018? Also, what are you doing watching 2018 movies when we're supposed to be watching everything under the sun from 2017? Look, Paddington was, was criminally underseen. And when the sequel comes <laughs> out, and it's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not one bad review ever. You know I have to go check that out. And you know I cried like a little baby. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, there's there's that. Um, I really rekindled my, like, board gaming itch. So, I've been playing some board games that I never tried before. What's your favorite board game right now? 
Pandemic. Oh, yeah. I've heard great things about that one. So what I've heard, uh, what I've been reading about board games is that this is like one of the perfect gateway board games into the larger world of board games, which is terrific because, you know, maybe I'll have to find a group of board gamers or something and like have a night every week or I don't know. It, it might become something. It may not. It may just be me and like, hey, come over and play with me, please. But I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting world I, I've stumbled into that I never knew existed. Uh, it sounds to me like somewhere in season two, we got to be doing a segment where we watch a, a little bit of Will Wheaton's board game YouTube show and maybe do some board gaming ourselves. That's a good idea. Will Wheaton's got tabletop. It's uh. Definitely a great little experience to watch, especially before you play the game, because you can read the rules all you want, but like watching someone actually do it, that's way more valuable as far as I'm concerned. Uh, also, we got to like bring out some of our, our favorite board games. There's some really great ones. I'm now escaping the name of it, but there's one it's like semi a drinking game, plus it makes you do crazy things and it's really fun. Um, See... If you're new to the show, it is season two. Yvonne is always trying to get me drunk and do crazy things. So this is the <laughs> perfect board game for us to play on this show. <laughs> um, well, I'm so glad that we're we're hitting season two off, right? And it's great to like virtually see you. Uh, you know, I haven't seen you in, in way too long um, when you're back in Toronto. Or maybe, hey, maybe when this snow actually decides to piss off for a while i'll make the big five hour commute drive out to pittsburgh and we'll we'll find something to do it there absolutely i will show you around this town all right so i think we got to get back to our list though let's do it all right ivana what is your number five bottom five now this is things get serious here yeah this is where the fights start that's um, right okay i'm really excited I'm guessing it's not on your list. My number five show is Glow, the fabulous ladies of wrestling. Nope, it's not on my list. Do you say grow <laughs> or glow? Glow, glow. Netflix. The wrestling show? Yeah, the the fabulous or the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Okay, so I uh, it's not on my list. I like the first episode, but not enough, obviously, to keep going. Um, so why is Glow number five on your list? Okay, so you only saw the first episode? Yeah. Well, I just want to tell you that you made a mistake because the first episode is by far the worst episode of the show. Like significantly the worst episode of the show. And it's great. Like the show, the first episode is not bad, but the show just gets better and better and better. Um, I remember binging it here. And one day I was like, I think I watched the whole thing in two days. And one of the days I was literally, I had to stop myself. This was like day one, I think. And it's now 4 a.m., and I'm like on episode six or who knows what episode I'm on. And I'm like, okay, Ivana, you must put some other television show on or you will never fall asleep because I watch television to fall asleep. And sometimes you get hit with this, these shows that are just so entertaining that you, they wake you up instead of put you to sleep, which is very rare for me. And this was one of them. And that's why it's so high on my list. I love this show and it's nice. fun. I I will it, I will give it a I will give it a sec, second viewing. I I don't just go to episode 2. That's what I mean. We're, oh okay. That yeah, I'll give it count. a second try. Good. Or a second chance. You better. I'm going to follow up on that. You know a buddy of mine has been following up on Breaking Bad for the past 3 years. I said, "You got to watch the newsroom." He said, "I'll watch the newsroom if you watch Breaking Bad." Next time we got together, he's done all 3 seasons of the newsroom and I'm like, yeah, I'm on season two, three, and I've still never finished Breaking Bad. But I'm telling you but both Breaking in Bad, this moment that I am going to finish both of these shows at some point in my life. Here's the thing, though, is that Breaking Bad is a homework show, and we all know that you don't like homework shows. It's like some it's, trickiness. Homework shows. 
you you have a hard time watching shows that are hard to watch. Um, and some people like shows that are hard to watch, but Glow is not a show that is hard to watch. It's fun. And you know so what show isn't that's why hard to watch? watch? My what? number five show. What is it? On my list. And that is The Good Doctor. It's not that great to I mean, like, I was actually shockingly impressed by, like, the first few episodes that I've seen. Freddie Highmore as Dr. Murphy, the doctor with autism. How inspiring is this doctor? Well, Freddie Highmore is an incredible performer, but the show very quickly, like, like, I don't know, it started great. And then it just got worse. I don't know. They've introduced a new character and I am, I'm loving like Dr. Brown and this new character. They're going like head to head. I I love the good doctor. I think it's great. Um, There's not a hell of a lot to tell you about this show. It's a show about a, a, a man with autism who has one of those house like brains. It's by the producers of house. So he, you know, He's got this total recall of all these things, but he doesn't have great bedside manner because he doesn't have great social skills. See, I think he he has great bedside manner. Oh, you think so? I do. I think he always, he really earns the trust of his patients, at least in the episodes I've seen, where he has a hard time is with the other doctors. Well, yeah. I mean, he also likes to blurt out things in... He will probably die, like, to blurt out in front of your patient. Not awesome. It's outstanding. The The supporting cast here, with the exception of, uh, like, the guy who gets Freddie Highmore hired, um, Richard, played by Richard Schiff, um, the supporting cast is, like, poorly, like, the characters that they have created are not interesting to me. They're very flat. Um, I loved the first couple episodes and I loved the first episode, especially when they were getting Freddie Heimer hired. But then since then, it's like relegated itself to, you know, procedural schlock from what I've seen. I haven't seen all the episodes, so maybe it gets better, but like started great. It got worse. I'm very meh. I'll probably watch it. Like, you know, when you're like hurting for TV and you just want to put something on in the background, this is the kind of show that's perfect for that. So for me, I think the good doctor f- this year for me on my list is last year's Lethal Weapon. It's a procedural drama that I've somehow fallen into that I really, really enjoy. Um, and and it's giving me what I want from a doctor show. Uh, because but to say I, I never that got it's better Anatomy. than American Vandal, like, are you crazy? Like, how is American Vandal lower on your list? Because I'm more excited about The Good Doctor. But it's not a better show. I, I would argue that it has way better things going on in it than American Vandal. Great stories, great reasons to have those stories. American Vandal's also great on another level, on a different kind of level. But I would argue that the good doctor is what America needs right now. Not Ugh. American Vandal. I mean, like, I don't hate it. It's not at the bottom of my list or anything, but I just can't believe it's in a top 10. How are, how are we coming back from break to this? This, this, is, this is what it is. This is, this is the show. Uh, the doctor like, is When it the comes show. time to rank it, let me tell you, it's not going to be fun for you. I don't know about that. Okay, anyways, so what's your number four? <laughs> All right. My number four is a delight that I never would have watched if it wasn't for awards, and it is The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh, see, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, my God. Marvelous Miss Maisel is like, I was I was so surprised. I love it so much. Like, it puts a big smile on my face. I love watching it. Um, so what's it about? Okay, it's about a comedian. It's about a female comedian in like the 1960s, I think it's set in. Um, it's, it's just 
I don't I can't even describe like how happy this show makes me. I I want to watch it more and more and more. It's lighthearted, it's fun. Um and it's by our, the creator of the Gilmore Girls. But it doesn't feel like the Gilmore Girls. Like nothing about the show. I mean, not that I I disliked Gilmore Girls per se, but I didn't exactly love it or like it or like watch it or like like I've seen, I've seen it. I've seen some of it. Um, the lead is played by Rachel Brosnan, I think is how you say her name. Okay. Um, and she, to me, stole the show when she was in House of Cards, and she steals the show here too. I mean, I guess she doesn't steal it because it is her, but she's so good and she's so funny. And so it's, I think, the nineteen sixties, and um. She is Midge Maisel, and she basically her whole life is, like, thrown for a loop. She's got, like, a young family. She's a female. It is not a time where women have the same rights as men. And and her husband, I think, leaves her, and then she's, like, has nothing to do. She's completely thrown for a loop. And he's also, by the way, a comedian. So, like, her husband is a comedian, so she spends all this time with him like helping him to improve his comedy act. So when it starts out, she is helping her husband reach his comedy goals. And then he decides he's going to leave her. Everything is in array. She gets drunk. And because she's already kind of known in the comedy realm, next thing you know, she hops up on stage and just starts riffing. And she's fucking funny. Like she is fucking funny but like in this raw way where this isn't a set that she's written she's just really fucking funny and she has this sad humor because her life is going to shit and so she's saying these things that you're kind of like oh (laughs) it's like heart-wrenching but at the same time she's funny oh you have sold me so hard on this show like i am in i want to i want to like stop the podcast go watch all 10 episodes and come back like, honestly, that's how I feel about it when I started watching it. And I was so sad when I had to, like, pause it to just watch a few other shows to see where they might rank. Um, and I can't wait. After the, we finish this episode, guess what I'm doing tonight? All right. Okay. Um, that's amazing. I, I'm I'm so excited for this show. I don't know how I missed it. Uh, you even recommended it to me. I just didn't get to it. And I am I'm so excited now to get to this show. So... We'll have some conversations, obviously, about this off podcast once we uh, are all caught up. But yeah, that's a great pitch. Um, I don't know if it sold you, but it definitely, I am in. So uh, I, I hope you check out The Marvelous Miss Maisel. My number four is one that came up earlier, and it was 13 Reasons Why. So Yay! I have it number four. And I think... Again, somewhat like Dear White People, I really like the way they tell the story. I like that it's revealed in these tapes. I like that um, we don't know all the reasons and how the reasons come out over the course of these episodes is it's terrific. And I know there's a lot of controversy around this show, but I don't think that that changes the fact that this is actually a really great show that explains how important it is to talk about bullying, how important it is to talk about depression, and how important it is to listen to your kids, talk to your parents, and 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 not believe that suicide, I mean, it's not going to get better if you're not here. It's a mystery. It's a mystery that you cannot put down. Like, I, I just wanted to watch the next episode and the next episode and the next episode, and it was really, really fantastic. And I've got to say, I know I've said it before. Keep your eye on Dylan Minnette. Oh, well, he's, I mean, he's blowing up. I really want to see his new Netflix movie that just recently came out, but it's 2018. So I'm not watching it till after Oscars. (laughs) (laughs) I've been saying it since Alexander and the horrible, no good, very bad day. Keep your eyes on Dylan Minnette. This kid has got something. He's great on screen charisma. Like this is a young man who has a great future ahead of him. Um, and I think Dylan Minnette kind of kind of pushes 
the boundaries of what this mystery can be. And in my opinion, elevates the story. And that's why it's at my number four spot. Yeah, I, I will say that without him playing Clay, he has this real earnestness and sincerity about him throughout the entire thing. You basically follow him as he unravels the mystery of why this girl that he was in love with committed suicide. And he's getting these tapes that's, uh, and then the first thing in the tapes is if you're listening to these tapes, you're one of the reasons why I committed suicide. But 13 Reasons Why is just a well-crafted, well-executed mystery that you just cannot put down. So what is your, now we're, we're top three here. What is your number three? Top three. Oh my God, top three. Okay. I don't know that this is the best show on television, but I love it so much. And I think it's so good that it's there. And it is The Orville. My number three is also The Orville. What? Another match? <laughs> we never have Another matches. Match. I know. Um, <laughs> the Orville is the Star Trek that I didn't see coming. It's yeah. The Next Generations, which I kind of hoped Discovery would be, and it is not. So we get The Orville instead. And... What a great show. It's got humor. It's got wonderful characters. And the Orville dares to... It's a dramedy. It's not a Seth MacFarlane comedy. It is taking on issues that you didn't expect to take on. Yeah, like to me, it what, there's a, like aspects of it that... How do I even say this? I love Star Trek and I don't want to belittle Star Trek and what Star Trek is meant to be, but the Orville is something different and it deals a lot with gray issues. Like I think the show is not talking about what if humans were perfect. The show is saying what happens when our society, our humans, who we are as actual human beings have the technology to go into space and um, we're still not going to make perfect decisions. There is a there is an episode about making changing the sex of a newborn baby. Yeah, totally. And that and that episode ends in a way that you do not expect. And it starts in a way that you would not expect the ending. We could talk about this show for hours because every episode gives us something new. It shows us other characters in different ways. I mean, it's it's a good, and I think three is the right place for this show. Yeah. Um, you know, this show was was critically panned, but the audience are in love are. with this show. I know. I don't get it. Uh, okay, we should move on. What is number two on your list? Number two on my list is one we put a pin into earlier, and it is The Handmaid's Tale. Wow, that is high. Okay, let's talk about The Handmaid's Tale. Well, I like to think of The Handmaid's Tale as what would happen if Trump had a third term. Okay, all right. All cautionary all the time. I found the first, like, four episodes incredible, but like really hard to watch. Like it's kind of cool in this day of binging. And like we've even talked about shows that we've binged many times through like through this. 13 Reasons Why, Glow for Me, American Vandal. Um, Handmaid's Tale is like a show that you can handle like one episode a week. Like it's so depressing. Totally. You need a break. That you're like, okay, I've seen one episode and now I need to think about it for a little while and then I can get back to life. Um, so I, I think that that's something that, to be honest, I didn't realize I missed and I really love. I kind of like this slow burn of Handmaid's Tale. Women have stopped been a being able to carry children and now we are having an epidemic where like carrying on the human race is at risk. And so it delves into what a future uh, dystopian America does in order to 
go back to puritanical values because they believe that that is what is going to um, bring back the babies, basically. And there are certain people who can still have children. Yeah. And they are, and they are the handmaids. Yeah. And they are the people who, you know, every every uh i guess a couple times a month when they're ovulating you only ovulate they have once to, a month they have to have sex they get raped and they get raped in a, yeah in a religious ceremony in a religious ceremony they get raped by the husband of the it's weird like it's it's, it's hard to watch like it's very much like back in the 1800s when people had like you know, servants and maids and underlings. And then it's kind of, it's, it's like Premonoctra. Yeah. Premonoctra. 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 Yes. That's it. You know what I'm talking about? Totally. And uh, it's, it's, and what that is, is when uh, a ruling nation would come to the nation's inhabitants who they overtook and they would breed out that nation. Um, on the wedding night, they would make sure that they would get first crack at um, at a woman and, and they'd have sex in order to procreate and have more of their race than the original race in the nation. So, um, you know, it was something that happened in Scotland with the British. Uh, it actually, I mean, if you've never seen Braveheart, that's pretty much what Braveheart starts out as is... Uh, you know, William Wallace's character doesn't want to have his wife uh, have like have the British come for them and they get married in secret. So that doesn't happen. And, um, you know, like that's that's prima notra. Yeah, I I really think The Handmaid's Tale, like if it wasn't on either one of our lists, that would be a problem. Yes. Uh, this was definitely some of the best TV of 2017. Obviously, it won the Emmy. It won the Golden Globe and and with good reason. Um, it, season two is looking to be just as as interesting as, uh, you know, as thematic and foreshadowing as it can possibly be to a real life. I don't even know what you'd call this. This is, if this was reality, it would not be a dystopia. It would be a tragedy. It's really easy in this enlightened time that we live in with our technologies and our comforts to become apathetic about politics. But this show is saying don't because if you're apathetic, this could happen to you. And I think that like 1984, it's bleak, it's hard to watch, but it's going to have a lot more truth in it than we like if we don't change our future. Like if we don't grab our future by the balls and get active in politics. That's fair. And on that note, my number two is completely different. It's one that we talked about earlier, and that is Me, Myself, and I. Oh, I, such a good show. I love... I love me, myself, and I. This is a show about Bobby Monahan as a 12-year-old, a 40-year-old, and a like 65-year-old. And the stories are being told at the same time. And when I saw this trailer, I said, this is not going to work. Well, let me tell you, it was so great to watch this show. I had so much fun with this show. Um Sadly, I don't think it's coming back. We got six episodes. I think that's all we're going to get. They made but 10. So I th- I think we're going to release, they're, they'll release 10 at some point. They've made 10. As far as I'm concerned, it is, it's fantastic. Like so many of the things that we've talked about are the mechanics of how you can tell a story. And this sort of adopts a how I met your mother way of telling it, but it just does it in a way that's, that feels like the Wonder Years, but it also feels like I, I don't even know what else. There's nothing like it. It's a story being told in three different time periods, the past, the present, and the future. And it all relates back to one theme that is happening in every episode because that's how life works. 
I I love this show. It is like I think my favorite network comedy that's come out this year. In fact, I believe that it is the only network comedy that is on my list. Um, and it is, it was such a delight and a surprise. Like you, I was like, I think I remember we did, we did a series survival on it. I said it was going to get renewed. I think, I don't remember what I said, but you did. And I said it was going to get canceled, but I remember saying it's either going to be amazing or it's going to be awful. And it was amazing. It really is. And and so I'm I'm really looking forward to those final four episodes being released in one way or another because I want to watch them. Um, I'm so sad that the show didn't get the uptake and the viewership. Bobby Monahan is so good in it. Um, Wonderful. He's such a, a lovable forty year old uh, version of so Alex. So is Jaleel White. Like Jaleel White is in this show. Steve Urkel is in this show, and he is also. Fantastic because he is playing his best friend. Yeah. I love I love and I yeah, like I love like the characters as they go in and out. Anyway, and you know, but you know who really got me the most? Like who like stole the whole thing? Jack Dylan Grazer, who was also in it. Um Oh god, that kid. That kid is great. Fuck. This kid is talented like you wouldn't believe. Like he plays the young Bobby Monhan. Yeah. And he's so good. He has this great mix of like, I'm in puberty and I don't know what I'm doing in my life, but also confidence, like just self-confidence. And uh, I just really love him. He's so, uh, like, he just lights every episode. And I'm going to recommend this to anybody, anybody who saw The Wonder Years and enjoyed The Wonder Years and doesn't want to watch The Goldbergs anymore. This is the show that you should just, it's six episodes right now. We haven't got the last four. Just go and watch it. Yeah. Because nobody else did. We're the two. We're the audience. I, I also <laughs> recommended it to my brother and he was, and he came back the next day and was like, I watched all six episodes. That was such a great show. I'm so sad it's over. Check out me, myself and I. Uh, it's a really funny show. It's, it's really great. funny. Like, I don't, I can't even like, it's heartfelt, it's smart, it, the way it weaves the storylines are great. We're down to the number one spot now. We're down to the number one spot. Ivana, I just don't think that you and I are going to have the same number one. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think we might. No, I guarantee we don't. Tell me what your number one is. I kind of want to, like, okay, I know I'm throwing away the order, What's your number one? You want me to go first? Yeah. All right. Well, my number one is Big Mouth. Oh, yeah. We don't have the same number one. I know. I know. But you know what? Now that I've uh, brought it up, I, if you haven't seen Netflix's Big Mouth, it is one weird, wacky animated show. And it is my favorite show of 2017. This is another one of those bingey, bingey shows. Uh, you got Jason Manzukis playing the hormone monster to <laughs> all these little boys who are going through puberty for the first time. And wait, you know, I thought he, he only has one boy. Well, he's got a boy, but then he like shows up for the other boy when he's about to go through puberty because he's not there yet. Right, he but shows, he, but when that boy really goes through puberty, then he's gonna get his own hormone monster. He'll get his own monster. Everybody gets their own monster. There's like a lady monster for the girl. There, <laughs> there's the guy. I love the idea of the hormone monster. I think it's freaking hilarious i love also, that, like how um, kind of true is it like that's what it was like when you were going through puberty you had this little voice in your head telling you things like, and you were yeah, like yeah you know what we're gonna do now <laughs> we're gonna find a magazine and we're gonna close the lights and this is gonna happen and at, like and it gets to a point where they're so civil with each other because it's like yeah this is gonna happen <laughs> like yeah and, and they're just they're just like they're just friends, the hormone monster and and his child. Uh, it goes through all of the weirdness that is puberty and cranks it up into this weird animated show that, oh man, I just, like I just love it. I just love all of the the metaphors for everything. They're all super weird. 
you know, this is my kind of humor, this weird, quirky, gross out humor. And I loved every second of it. So uh, I haven't seen anything like it on TV. Oh, because it's not it. a television thing. It's like network or Netflix. Well, ne- like, I don't think network, this would. Sorry. Yeah, this would not never network, be on like network. A, what TV. is it? Cable. Cable or Netflix or yeah. like that. And kind of thing. I'd, I'd never seen anything like this animated before. I just absolutely loved it. It's critically uh, so, acclaimed too. Well, there you go. I mean, right there, that that settles it. I don't even know what your, what your number one is, but Big Man is critically acclaimed, so it should be number one. What is your number one? My number one, and it's gonna you're gonna laugh because the Good I'm, Doctor. No, we all know it's not that. <laughs> uh, it's uh, because we've been talking a lot about how I'm so over superheroes. It's Legion. Oh, of course. Of course it's Legion. I, right, tell us about why Legion made it to number one. I loved Legion. I also like battled in my head a lot over uh, like, you know, Handmaid's Tale versus Legion. But you know what? Legion is more fun and it's still really smart. I love where it takes you in your head. Aubrey Plaza. Fuck. I've been swearing a lot this episode. I don't often swear this much, but man, um, the scene, there's the scene. She's like this, like, I can't, I can't tell. I can't spoil it. Can I spoil it? Am I allowed to spoil it? Uh, no, I don't think so. Cause season two is coming out. Fine. There's this scene where she dances and like, it's kind of like, you almost see her in a silhouette like she's like a shadow and she's dancing and she's wearing this like leotard like and it's and she's like dancing in this wreckage of a kitchen and she's wrecking it farther and it's like poetic and beautiful this show is artistic it takes artistic very yeah, it's like artistic leaps and bounds. It is intelligent. You have to actually follow the story along and it makes you think because it asks you to ask yourself what is reality. Our lead character, um, played by the unbelievably talented Dan Stevens. And if you're wondering who Dan Stevens is, yeah, well, he's the beast from the most recent Beauty and the Beast. Oh. Yeah. Let's not talk about that movie. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Legion. So he's he's just so good. He's so intense. And it starts and he's in an insane asylum where he has basically been forever. Um, and it's because he like hears and sees things and people think that he's crazy. And basically it starts and he gets broken out um, and he is told by... Uh, the actor Rachel Keller, who plays a character called Sud Barrett, that he's not crazy. He has superpowers. And uh, his superpowers is like mind stuff. Like it, I, it came out last January. I saw it in like March and I, and I saw it really fast. So I don't remember all the details right now, but like of exactly what his superpower is. But basically like he can go into minds and like, he can create alternate real realities. He's just, he's super powerful. His mind is so powerful. It can change reality essentially um, for people and for himself. And, uh, and, and all these people, like there's many different people with different powers, but it's really all about him and his powers. And then there's like the government and they're trying to like, I mean, it's a surreal trippy ass kind of movie. It's got or movie. Feels feels, it feels very like cinematic. a movie. It's um, it looks it's like trippy. a movie. Like it looks beautiful. It's got a very big and Trippy is totally right because it has this like 60s vibe to it. It feels like the future and the 60s had a baby. That's right. And you don't really realize who uh David is, mm-hmm. but he is somebody and he's important and he's somebody's son. Um they don't really go into that, so I'm not gonna talk about that. Oh, I know that. I mean it's pretty clear. I know, but they don't explain it in season one, so I'm not gonna mention it in season one. Right. 
there's a great scene where they're they've got to get a whole bunch of information across to you and they do it on this chalkboard and it's it, like such a cool scene. Uh, great ways of getting information to you. I really liked Legion. Uh, it didn't make the list. I can't for believe me. it didn't make your top ten. I just uh, I can't believe the Good Doctor is above Legion. I can't imagine going back to the show. Uh, it just didn't hit the the spot for me. I thought there was better superhero shows this year. I like really um, want to watch it again before I even start season two. Like I would honestly, and I'm I mean this seriously. I would put Powerless above Legion as far as like in my favorites. Even Are you though fucking Legion, kidding me? Legion is a better show, but I, that's Powerless that is over true, Legion. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And oh my yeah. god, Jay! I know. Jay, how much do you hate me right now? I hate you so you much right, right now. now. I hate you so much right now. How can but you say? But what I'm gonna do? What powerless? I'm gonna do though is Legion is gonna be number two on our list. What's gonna be number one? I'm gonna I'm gonna say The Handmaid's Tale should be number one. Okay, because it's on both of our lists. It's number two for you. It is, yeah. Uh, so I think we should start with The Handmaid's Tale at number one. You've really diffused my anger. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I knew it was coming. Uh, and then, you know, Legion at number two, because I think it's I think it's excellent. I just can't imagine ever going back to it. And a lot of other things on my list I can, because I like them that much more, uh, including Big Myth, which I'm going to put at number three, I think, on the list, because it is my number one. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. Yeah. Uh, and then, then number four should be the Orville. I'm thinking number four is me, myself, and I. Mm, no, I think number four. Because it was, it was my number two uh, ahead of the Orville. Yeah, but it was like way lower than the Orville for me. Like it was in my top ten, but it was That's true. far lower. So I feel like if we go Orville, then me, myself, and I. All right, I can. Uh, yeah, I can get down with that. Let me do that right now here. I'm a little. What's list. your What's your next one? Because I want. Well, then I then I put thirteen reasons why. I think Marvelous Miss Maisel deserves to be above thirteen reasons why, and I think I don't know where it would fit in your list per se for you, but I think that it would be in your top ten. Well, I've got Marvelous Miss Maisel at seven, and I have thirteen reasons why at six because we both actually have thirteen reasons why on our list. Okay, all right, I'm fine with that. Then I have the Good Doctor. I'll give you eight. Good Doctor at ten. I got American Vandal at ten. No way. I have American Vandal. Look, the Good Doctor for me is fucking five. And but and it, I'm like, doing it's a solid so and putting it at eight. It's so low. Like it's such not a top ten show in my opinion. I'll give you ten to to it. But like American Vandal is on both of our lists. Yes, it's both at, at number nine. nine. It's both at, at number nine, and it's five on my list. Is the Good Doctor? But it's so like, like okay, Lethal Weapon, for example. I totally yeah. get you. I'm on board. It's great. It elevates things. Good Doctor. What does it do for like life? I even I totally understand why like Lethal Weapon ended up in your top ten. I honestly don't understand how Good Doctor is in your top ten. What if it's at number nine? Well, then where does Glow go? Glow can go at ten because it's not on your list. So American Vandal at eight, and then nine is Good Doctor and ten is Glow. Yeah. I'm so sad that what would Diplo do is gone, but that's fair. Well, I'm trying to work with our top fives and then like a little bit of the ones that we we both agreed on. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I understand where this list is coming from. I just, you know, want to mention that I love that show. You did. You did for this is how we have a two hour show right now that has to be cut down. <laughs> uh, OK, so. All right. Um. Wow, we got we made that list fast. Yeah, I know. I started I started while you were talking about Legion. <laughs> oh my gosh. We have All a right. list. So we have a list top 10 TV shows of 2017 that premiered in 2017 
Ivana Kekisov. Number 10, Glow. Number 9, The Good Doctor. Number 8, American Vandal. Number 7, The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Number 6, 13 Reasons Why. Number 5, Me, Myself, and I. Number 4, The Orville. Number 3, Big Mouth. Number 2, Legion. And the number one show from 2017 is The Handmaid's Tale. I think that this is a fantastic list, and I recommend that anyone who hasn't seen any of these shows on the top 10 should go out and watch them now. All right, now that we have our list, Jay, what do you think about just giving our top three honorable mentions? No conversation, just list them down. Ryan Hansen solves crimes on television. Ryan Hansen solves crimes on television. Castlevania. Smilf. Powerless. Riverdale. And a series of unfortunate events. Ooh, well, if we're going with another, I'll say Big Little Lies. Ooh, all right. I like it. I like it a lot. And that's our first show of season two and of 2018. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to tune in again next week. If you'd like to support the show, you can hop onto your podcast service and subscribe. And if you're really feeling generous, why not score a quick rating or review? Our intro song comes from bensound.com, and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our music, our talented actors, and sound effects. Ivana and I love hearing from you, so we actually built this website on how you can reach out to us at morethemovies.net. But in case you hate websites, you can email us, hello at morethemovies.net. Find us on Facebook, More Than Movies Podcast. Or catch either one of us on Twitter directly. I'm at It's Ivana. And I'm at Jester J. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back next week with an all-new commercial-free episode. And until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more. (laughs) 